Luke chapter 24 and verse 1, the New King James Version. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they, that was the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we bless you. We thank you. As always, for your blessed holy word, for the anointing upon that word, we thank you for our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We thank you for utterance, and believe you for it as a group, in the Holy Spirit, to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. Not only today in this service, but throughout the coming days, weeks, months, and years, should Jesus tarry. Thank you, Father. We need no man to teach us. We're taught by the Holy Spirit who lives within us as believers. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the name of Jesus. We thank you for your blessed Holy Spirit in filling us and indwelling us, leading us and guiding us and teaching us all things, bringing all things to our remembrance, whatever we've heard, and showing us things to come. We thank you that he is our counselor, Comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, helper, teacher, and guide. Now we honor you today. We thank you that our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in your power, the power of the living God. We thank you that as we receive your word today, we believe we receive revelation, heart knowledge, and we thank you for it according to, to Mark eleven twenty four, and in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, this being Resurrection Sunday, and we have uh, all the children in the service and everybody uh, with us, we don't have a long message. Somebody coined a phrase a few years ago that I didn't particularly care for. Uh, ministers had cut down their message time. You know, you don't have to preach an hour and a half. You don't have to preach a half an hour. It doesn't matter. When you get the word out... That's and you're done, then you're done. I like the way John Osteen used to say it. He said, some ministers don't know when they're done. Well, we know when we're done. Today's message will be short. Somebody coined a phrase, like I said, uh, there are too many people in pulpits that are Christianettes giving sermonettes. Well, we're not giving a sermonette. We're not Christianettes. But it's going to be a shorter message, and then we're going to have communion. So if you're out there and you're watching, and you uh, would like to go and get your uh, elements ready, uh, we, we're, we're going to leave the uh, uh, recording on and, uh, as we have the Lord's Supper here in a minute. Praise God. But we want to talk first about the true purpose of, of all this. You know, and we know it's not eggs and rabbits and chocolate and dressing up nice. And, you know, all those things are... are Fine, but the, the, the purpose that Jesus had behind this is, uh, well, fivefold. Actually, I have five things, but 
you know, there's plenty more, I'm sure, but, and this is not an exhaustive list, but uh, first of all, number one, he, he did this to purchase our healing and health. And people overlook this at times. You know, they don't consider this. Uh, they think, well, we have hospitals and doctors. You know, that purchasing our healing and health is done away with. They didn't have such uh, elaborate facilities for medical care back then. No, he did that to purchase our healing and health. Look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 26. We, we're just going to look at one verse here. Matthew 27, 26. It says, uh, talking about Pilate, it says, He released Barabbas to them, a criminal, and when they had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Scourged him. What does it mean to be scourged? Flogged with a Roman scourge is what it means. A victim to be scourged was stripped and tied to a whipping post. Then he was beaten mercilessly with a whip consisting of several leather thongs, each loaded with jagged pieces of metal or bone and weighted at the end with lead. Fragments of flesh would be torn from the victims, some of whom did not survive the ordeal. Now, if, if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, you know, they, they give a good depiction of that on there, but they say that that's not even remotely close to what happens. But he had him scourged. Why? Why did he have him scourged? Just so he could turn around and crucify him. He's going to be crucified anyway. He was scourged for our healing and health. That wouldn't have had to be done if he didn't do it for our healing. Could have just crucified him and been done with the whole thing. So number one is he did this. Jesus' purpose was for our healing and health. You know, and we don't want to overlook that. Number two, it's to provide abundant life for us. Why did he come? Why did he live? Why did he die? Why did he rise from the dead? John 10.10, we know what it says. The thief, the devil, comes not, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy in that order. Steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, super abundantly, excessive, overflowing life. He died for abundant life. Oh, you know, that's that prosperity message. No, that's the message of the gospel. Jesus said it. I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly so that you can give more into the kingdom and get the job done here on the earth and live a decent life yourself. So you can live a Zoe life on this earth. Number three, he did it to provide eternal life, of course, for us with him. Rather than in a lake of fire, right? Uh, why did he shed his blood? Why, why did it have to be? You know, why couldn't they give him a lethal injection or a, the electric chair? Well, those didn't exist then, right? Why did all that happen? Well, Hebrews 9.32, don't turn there, but it says, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no 
remission, no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood. The blood of bulls and goats and calves wasn't enough. Had to be the blood of a sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And we know what John 3.16 says. You know, we learned that when we were in, in uh, Sunday school way back when. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, trusts in him, relies on him, clings to him, won't perish, but have eternal life. So he did it for eternal life for us with him. Not in a lake of fire, not in hell, not anywhere with the devil, but with him. Number four, he did it to teach us. Look at John chapter 21 and verse 25. It says, there are also many other things that Jesus did. This is the last verse, the book of John. Which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself couldn't contain the books that would be written. So he, he did this to teach us. Uh, how is he going to teach us if he's not here? Well, he left us the Holy Spirit, didn't he? He said, I'll give you another comforter, counselor, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, helper, the great teacher and guide. Look at John 14, verse 25. So another we, these aren't scriptures that uh, somebody wrote yesterday that you don't know. You, you know them all. We go over them all the time. If you're listening, you don't know the word. You need to get these scriptures in your heart. Jesus said, you know, he, he's talking here, uh, preparing his disciples for his earthly departure from, from his earthly body. He says in verse 25, he says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper... The comforter, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby, teacher and guide. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Praise God. He did it. To teach us, to leave us the Holy Spirit, to be our great teacher. He's teaching us. Men aren't teaching us. The Spirit of God is. And he finally, number five, and like I said, this isn't an exhaustive list necessarily, but it's what he would have me to share today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He did it for the joy set before him the joy of his kingdom. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, run with endurance, the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, or the originator and perfecter, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy of getting us into the kingdom, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's where he is, and we are positionally. Praise God. That's Jesus' purpose. 
That's the purpose of his life, of his death, of his shedding of his blood, of his resurrection, of his defeating of the devil in, in hell on the devil's own ground. He did that for these reasons, and like I said, many more. But why celebrate the Lord's Supper? Jesus instituted that on the day of his betrayal, right? Well, he instituted it to do in remembrance of him. Look at John chapter 6. And if you don't know the word and you've not studied the word, this is tough scripture to try to understand. But in verse 35, he says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Skip down to verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I'm the bread came down from heaven. They grumbled about him, Margin says. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I've come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I'll raise him up at the last day. It's written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Praise God, we're, we're taught by God. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread, living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? He said, He's the living bread. The living bread. How can he give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last day. Now that's, that's tough to hear, isn't it? How are we going to eat his flesh and drink his blood? Well, we're going to be raised up. For my flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. What's this mean? What's all this mean? It's a spiritual act signifying eternal life. It's symbolic like the emblems that we share. You know, it, it's not necessary for salvation. But, it's for testimony, for healing, for strengthening our entire being. To eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood are to be understood spiritually. The expressions point to the violent, 
sacrificial death he'd suffer, and the necessity of believers partaking in the benefits of his death by coming to him and believing in him, trusting in him, relying on him, and clinging to him. We don't necessarily see this as the necessity of partaking in the Lord's Supper in order to obtain salvation. We don't believe that. We don't teach it. But uh, it does teach that it's vitally important uh, in communion, strengthening our spirits, our souls, and bringing healing into our lives and for testifying of our faith. Praise God. Communion is just that. Just that. A spiritual thing. And we, we celebrate it because the victory that Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me, the victory is not in the cross. The cross is not a place of victory. The victory is in the resurrection. Luke chapter 22 and verse 19 lays out the, the uh, program for the Lord's Supper. And, and there's, there's other openings in the other Gospels except for John. But we're going to follow this one today, of course, as we always do. So as you prepare your hearts for communion, remember that the victory is in the resurrection. Satan was defeated. We have the victory as Jesus rose from the dead. Defeating the devil on his own ground, he's seated right now at the right hand of the Father. So as we partake of the symbols, the elements for bread, or rather for his body and for his blood, we remember these things. Praise God. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this 
in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for the precious blood. We hold that blood against the devil in every area of our lives. Thank you that that blood still flows from Calvary. Saving, healing, providing, teaching, giving life. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do this in remembrance. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me, and truly the Son of Man goes, as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed." Father, we thank you for the new covenant in Jesus' blood. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for the blood covenant, the better covenant established on better promises. Thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the broken body, for our healing. Thank you for our deliverance from the power of darkness. Thank you for translating us, transferring us into the kingdom of your dear son. Thank you for the victory that is the resurrection. Thank you 
Lord Jesus, thank you. And thank you for your Holy Spirit. We honor you, we bless you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you're out there and you say, well, I'm not a partaker of this. I've never made Jesus my Savior and Lord of my life. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Don't wait another second. Don't wait another minute. There's no reason to wait. This will be the greatest day of your life. April 4th. 2021, that, that's the, 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 the day of your birth, your real birth, and the day that your life began. Pray this prayer with us. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. All those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. John 6.37 says, if, if, I, if they come, I won't turn them away. I won't cast them out. Jesus said it himself. So you have not done anything too bad to get saved. Come to him today. Come to him. Don't deny him. That's the only thing that'll, that puts people in hell is not accepting Christ. Make that decision today. Pray with us. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus just as I am. Your word says that if I come, you won't turn me away. You won't cast me out. Jesus, come into my life as my Savior. I make you the Lord of my life. I repent of all my past sins and ask your forgiveness today. And thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Father. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. And I speak that with my mouth. So I'm now your child. I'm born again. Born from above. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for loving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing. And I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. Thank you for filling me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or prayed it to come back to the Lord or to be filled with the Holy Spirit, get to a good church, word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church that teaches the full gospel, the unadulterated word of truth, not itching, tickling itching ears, but teaching and preaching the full word of God. And if you get online or on TV to listen to somebody, Listen to ones who are teaching the full gospel, the full word of truth. Praise God. Thanks for joining us today. Have a blessed rest of the day, a wonderful resurrection day, and a wonderful week.